I mean, go ahead and stand to your feet while you're doing it. Uh, Matthew chapter number 25. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 14. We've got a few verses to read this morning. I'm not sure if I'm going to read them all, but we want to, our goal is to stop at verse number uh, 29, but we'll just see how it goes. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25. We're going to start reading in verse number 14. When you're there, you can say amen. amen. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid hmm, and went and hid your talent in the ground. There you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back mine own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he who will have an abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Let's pray. Father, we stand in awe of your word this morning. Now, Lord, we're asking that you would help us to learn this morning. God, we want to know what it means to be a good steward over the things that you have given to us. And so, Lord God, we are preparing ourselves for eternity, even at this very moment. God, we are preparing for everlasting life that you have given to us. God, may we hear your voice this morning. 
speak to every heart. God, will you awaken us to the reality of who you are, the King and the Lord of all things. May we live our lives in the fear of the Lord, knowing full well that one day we will have to give an account to you. Father God, we bind the powers of darkness right now. And God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that there will be clarity of mind, that every person will understand what the Spirit is saying, what the Spirit is saying, what the Spirit is saying to the church. May your people hear, may your people discern, and may we be more conformed to your image and your likeness after the presentation of your word to your people. As always, God, I'm humbled. I'm very humbled, God, that you would use a man like me to preach your word. Father, this is an enormous task that no man can do in and of himself. He has to have the power of God. Lord, I need that power right now. Empower me to do, Lord God, what only you can do through me, to preach your word with truth and with clarity and with great boldness. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence this morning. I want to take a moment to first to thank our God for all of his goodness and all of his mercy. To thank our God for supplying all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I am a man who is very grateful. When I scale the, the paradox of my life, the more grateful I become. So as I preach to you this morning, we're going to be entering into a brand new series entitled Money Matters. For the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about God's money. Everybody say God's money. You may not understand that right now, but I promise you will understand in the by and by. We're going to be talking about financial health. The series we will explore what it means to be a steward of God. What stewardship really means and what is the scope of stewardship? We're also going to be looking in this series to explore the importance of keeping God first, ensuring that our priorities are intact as it relates to the resources that God has given us. We're going to learn how to be content. How many know that, that many people are in financial trouble today because they lack contentment? How many know that people cannot be fulfilled truly without God. And the more we satisfy ourselves in him, how many know that we have better control of our pocketbook? So we're going to be talking about that in this particular series. And then we're going to close out this series with how to be and stay financially free. How many know that we are supposed to use money as a tool? Money is not supposed to control us. Can the church say amen? 
How many know money can be a slave master? It can be a mean task master. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Not that money is evil, but the love of it. To the extent that men have allowed themselves to be controlled by money. And how many know that when money has control of your life, it has control of you, your health, your stress level? How many know what I'm talking about? So this series is extremely important. Now, I want to say at the beginning of this particular series, and today we'll be talking about stewardship, that this sermon is not designed to make you feel guilty to try to drop more money in the offering plate. You know, a lot of times when people in my position stand up before the church to speak about money, there's always, I can feel it sometimes, there's always, not as often here, but, but usually you can sense in the spirit, it's like this barrier comes up. It's real slow. Like, don't get too close, pastor. Keep your distance when you talk about my money. Which, that is the wrong way to say it anyway. But, I understand. Because there have been people that have not operated in integrity in this issue. But I can assure you that my goal is not to simply to try to get more money or make you feel uh, guilty so that you can put more money in there. No, that's not what we're trying to do. I am concerned about not the 10%. How many know God is concerned about 100%? See, when you talk about stewardship, 10%, listen to me, 10% don't belong to God. One hundred percent belongs. God owns it all. So, if we're really going to talk about money, we got to look at it from a, a holistic standpoint. You see, and understand that 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 God. And this is what I want to drive home today. That this sermon is about the fact, and, and we want to wake you up to the reality that God owns it all. Now, that's, that's hard for some folk to understand because you have been taught, pull yourself up by your own bootstrap, work hard for yourself, do this and do that. And, and yeah, those are good things. You need to work and you, you need to better yourself and you need to, to do all those things. But you and I must never, ever be mistaken that everything that we get, every dollar, it all belongs to God. Every bit of it. And sometimes when you say that, people look at you like, wait a minute. See, if a person who, are, who don't have any biblical understanding, they will hear that and it will be like, no, this is my money. I'm the one who got up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm the one who drove down I-95. I'm the one who filled out the application. I'm the one who went to school. I'm the one who got the education. Am I right about it? But who gave you that mind? Who created the resources? Who created the opportunity? Who did all that? God. Paul put it this way, that no man can boast. The Bible says if any man boasts, he must boast in the Lord. Paul said, why? He said, listen, everything you've got it has been given to you. Why then do you act like that which you have? It belongs to you. It all belongs to God. See, 
One of the things that will set you free, or will set both you and I free, is to understand that, that, that when somebody says something about our resources, or when God says, I want this, I want that, how many know that if you're really free and you understand it comes from God, you won't get so mad about it? Amen? Amen. The reason why you get mad about it, I'm going to preach this morning. The reason why we get mad about it sometimes, because we guard it to some extent like it is. But when you really get free, when you really understand, I'm hearing some stuff. Amen. This is, this is making a lot of weird noises. Okay. I got it. Okay. Can y'all hear me now? So, so what happens is, is that when we get the revelation that everything that we have belongs to God, I mean, no, it's a game changer. It changes your personality. It changes your perspective. You don't get so mad anymore when somebody says, hey, can, can you give this or can you give that? Why? Because if I have an opportunity and God's given it to me, then I, I understand that, that, there's, that God wants me to do something with those resources. Now, so why do we need to talk about money? I want to give you some stats this morning that you may not be aware of. Listen to this. 56% of all divorces are the result of financial pressure. That was done by Gallup poll. 56%. That means half of all marriages divorce because of money-related issues. We didn't, even, we didn't even cover that in our marriage series. But think about it. That's over half of the marriages that end in divorce. It's money-related. Is anybody identifying with what I'm saying? Listen to this. Some of you may not have known this, but there are over 2,300 verses in the Bible about money. How do you know God cares about money? Amen. One out of every six verses in Matthew, Mark, Luke are about material possessions. How do you know God has not been silent about this issue? Nearly half of Jesus' parables are about money. All the parables that we read about, most of them, you go back and study all the parables, most of them deal with material possessions or with money. Jesus spoke more about money and how to use it than he did about heaven and hell combined. Many people don't realize that. Jesus oftentimes met us right where we are because part of it is, is that we have resources, we have money, and, and Jesus knew what really has the heart of man. <laughs> he really, he knew, he understood that. And so I believe, and I believe this through personal experience as I've been walking with the Lord for a number of years and, and pastoring and counseling people, most people don't have a money problem, they have a money management problem. We're praying a lot of times, God, give me more, give me more, give me more, God, give me more, give me more. How many know that uh, God requires that you do good with what you get? It doesn't matter how much you make. So oftentimes, what I've come to find out, and I've had people that have come, they sit down in front of me, and, and they talk about their money issues, and then as soon as I say, well, let's talk about how we got here. It's like, hold up, hold up. Don't, you, 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 we need to talk about how we got here. No, just give me, Pastor, help me out. No, we need to talk about your financial health because God rewards good stewardship. Oh, y'all not listening to me. God rewards stewardship. 
God is, listen, God is a wise master. And he don't reward sloppiness. He don't reward when we take and abuse that which he has given to us. Many of us won't get much. Listen to me. Many of us won't get more until we learn to manage what we got. That's a hard word, isn't it? But it's the truth. Let's look at some scripture verses as we, as we deal with this. Hmm. God owns it all. Say that with me. God owns it all. Say it real loud like you really believe it. God owns it all. I'll read a couple of verses for you. Psalm 24, verses 1 down to verse number 2. Listen to this verse. The earth is the Lord's. I mean, he loved the Bible. <laughs> and all is fullness. I mean, he says the earth and all is fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. How many know that even the unbeliever and the wicked, it all belongs to God? Watch this. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. The earth is the Lord's. Can we be more specific? Your houses, your clothes, your cars, your toys, your money, your bank account, your IRAs, your stocks, your bonds, your diploma, your, the financial systems of the world, and yes, even your paycheck. Is that too deep? He said, he said the earth, he, God said, he said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Deuteronomy 10 verse 14 says this, Indeed, heaven and the highest of heaven belongs to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. So he says the heavens belong to God. That means the heaven we can see and the highest heaven, the stuff that we cannot see. He said it all, the universe, it belongs to God. Deuteronomy, and, and what, listen to this. Let me know that, that not only all the stuff, but all the human population. This is why God can say, for example, in Deuteronomy 32, 39. Now see that I, even I, am he. And there is no God beside me. I kill, I make alive, I wound, and I heal. Nor is there any who can deliver out of my hand. And why does God say that? Because he owns it all. He says, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. How many know we serve a powerful God? Isaiah 42, verse 5. I'm just going over some verses because I want this to get into your your souls. That says, God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out. Good God. Who spread forth the earth that comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. So listen to this, folks. Even your enemies. Even the people who got, is anybody, has, does anybody have any, any enemies in the house? Do you have people who don't like you? Anybody ever have Listen to me. Every person walking on the planet, God breathed life into them. That means that they have to answer to God. Every person. See, this is why you can't be tripping over people. Because your God is responsible for life. And at any time God wants to, how many know he can take it? Yeah, he can take it because he gave it in the first place. So, because he's God, he, we serve an awesome God. He also says in Haggai 2, verse number 8, The silver is mine, 
and the goal is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Yes, they trip over the stock market, don't they? Everybody get all fearful and nervous about their money. Why does God say things like the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous? You know why he say that? Because he's owner. And you know, the owner can do what, what he wants to do with it. Am I right about it? So he said, the silver and gold is my everything. It's all mine. Are you getting it? It's God's. One more verse. Go ahead and turn to Daniel chapter number four. Turn to Daniel chapter number four real quick. Verse number 28. We'll start in verse 28. Here in this particular passage, God has used Nebuchadnezzar to, uh, to basically... Um, to hold captive the people of Israel because they had sinned and disobeyed God. So they were taken captive from their land and they were brought to Jerusalem. God used the wicked for his own purposes. You know God can do that, right? <laughs> Some of y'all are not with me. God will use the wicked for his own purposes. Mm, mm, mm. So Nebuchadnezzar, God had used Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was a king of Babylon, this huge Babylon, and Babylon had some power. And, and Nebuchadnezzar was the, was the king, and Nebuchadnezzar was a little bit prideful. And this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar, in verse number 28, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the 12 months, watch this, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. Now, I want you to stop right there. So here's the king, right? The king, Babylon, he's walking among his royal palace. He's looking at his kingdom. Like, wow, look at this, man. This is, this is magnificent. Boy, this is. Did he praise God for it? Nah. He's looking at verse number 30. The king spoke saying, here's what he said. Is not this the great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power. Uh-oh. What did he say? He built Babylon by his own mighty power. So, so get the picture. He's walking around. He's looking at this. And he's saying, look, look. I, 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 I built this Bible. This is the great, I built it for myself. You see, now, if you really love Jesus and you know the Lord, you see, when you walk around, you, you see, I, I mean, when I first got my house, I walked around my house because I grew up in a trailer. Some of y'all know what a trailer is. A trailer, my trailer probably stretched about from here, maybe to the back of the chairs, maybe a couple of inches more. And so I grew up with very, very meager means. And so when I first got my house, my thought was I, I went and looked at it. For me, it was, a, it was big because I knew what I came from. I was like, wow, God, you mean I can have this? This is mine. And when I saw it, the first thing I did, tears well up in my face. I said, Lord, God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you gave me this house. I thank you that you gave me a family. I thank you, God, that you put me in a great neighborhood. But how do we know the people of this world, they don't think like that, do they not? They say, well, look at the kingdom. Look what I built. Look, at, look what I did. And then look at verse 31. Soon after King Nebuchadnezzar said what he said, look what it says in this verse. 
while the word was still in the king's mouth. In other words, he didn't even finish saying, look what I, before he even could finish saying it, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. Bam, God took it, how, that quick. Oh, how many know that God, how many of you don't play with God? And sometimes, every now and again, when people get so filled up with pride, how many know God know how to bring them down low? There are some folks that are down low because they need to get down low so that they can rise up and look high and see who really is the king of glory. King Nebuchadnezzar, look what I built. God heard it. Here's what God says. And he says in verse number 32, in verse 32, and they, he talked about the, watch this, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. Watch this. They shall make you eat grass like an oxen. Seven times shall pass over you until you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. Who's in control, church? Who's in control of your job? Who's in control of your resources? Who got you here this morning? Who's holding up this building this morning? Oh, give him praise. It's God. He said, that verse 33, that very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like an oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagles. Feathers and his nails were like bird claws. In other words, God made them crazy. So, some of you just need to thank God for waking you up this morning in your right mind. If you got a sober, sharp mind this morning, you have God, I thank you, God, that I'm in my right mind. Because, how many know God can take that too? And you look at verse 34, it says, and Nebuchadnezzar finally realized when God has set an appointed time for this to happen, and then in verse 34, and at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and then what did he do? I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. But what did it have to take for Nebuchadnezzar to see? He had to get humble. Sometimes, you know, you ever try to get in God's way when God is judging somebody, when God is trying to bring somebody to himself? Sometimes it's best is, listen to me, in, in love, sometimes it's best to let things happen so that they might learn. Sometimes I've learned sometimes when you get in the way, you can mess some stuff up. Sometimes you just need to sit back and just pray. Because pride has a way of deceiving people. And Nebuchadnezzar, he represents the mindset of the kingdoms of this world by which should not be a part of who we are because we know better. Everybody say, we know better. better. Now, let's go back, go to Luke chapter 16. You are a steward. Steward. Luke 16, I'm going to read a couple of verses here. I want you to understand what a steward is. A steward is not somebody who's taking care of his own stuff. Steward is a person that is managing, overseeing the property, the resources of somebody else. Luke 16, verses 1 and 2. He also said, he also said to his disciples, 
There was a certain man who had a steward. Now, first of all, let me start right there. Every time that Jesus wrote a parable or gave a parable, every single time, he always gave a parable to tell a spiritual truth. Usually he wanted to relate how the kingdoms of this world stack up against the kingdom of God. So whenever he gave a parable, Jesus was always trying to give a spiritual reality. So you got that? So every time he gives a parable, Jesus, he don't, how many know Jesus didn't waste words? He was showing you a picture of the kingdom. That's what he's trying to do. In Luke chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, he said to his disciples, there was a rich man who had a steward. Look at this. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you no longer can be steward. Go down to verse number 10 and 12. He who is faithful in what is least, get this people, this is so important, is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Let's kind of look at these particular passages, kind of extract a little bit from them this morning. So this parable Jesus is giving is about stewardship. Stewardship means it carries the idea of a manager of a household. It's an administrator. One who manages the resources of another. Now, I want you to understand that every one of us are a steward. The question is, what kind of steward are you? Everyone is a steward. Are you a good steward or are you a bad steward? Everyone is a steward. A faithful steward realizes, number one, as we said before, that God owns it all. Now there was an accusation brought against this steward about the fact that he was wasting God's money. In this particular case, this is a scripture, a passage to show how that Jesus is our master and he is watching over. He's, how many know that Jesus, he left and he's coming back. He left us with resources. He left us with a responsibility. How many know that he's coming back one day and, and we're going to have to answer for him? We're going to have to answer to him. And so in this particular passage, the accusation was brought, you're wasting your master's good. Perhaps he was overspending on material things, investing in things that had no eternal value. I simply believe that this person was just handling the money simply like it was his own. <laughs> so the accusation was brought. How many know that what you don't want happening to you and I is that there's an accusation that we're not handling God's resources appropriately. You know, it's, 
How many know that being a Christian ought to symbolize something of integrity? It ought to symbolize that we are people that are busy about our father's business. <laughs> For the accusation was that you're wasting his goods. And the thing that we can glean from this is that God is looking at us and he's seeing how we're handling the stuff that he gave us. He's seeing whether or not we're paying your bills when you're supposed to be paying them. He's seeing whether or not you're helping the poor, whether or not you're giving to the kingdom of God, whether or not you're taking care of your family the way you're supposed to do it. How do we know God is concerned about all of that? Amen. The Bible says that if a man don't take care of his own household, he is worse than an unbeliever. How do we know that God expects us to do certain things with his money? Everybody say his money. His money. In fact, you ought to put that somewhere. Get a bumper sticker, a little one, and throw it on the back of your car. God's property. In fact, go, buy, go get a bumper stick and throw it on your house. God's property. Some of you need to take your checkbook, just throw it on your checkbook. All belong to God. Some of you need to go back to the bank and you need to change the name of the account and say, Lord Jesus, own this. Because some of us, we don't act like it belonged to him. <laughs> But then he goes on to say, Jesus, that he who is faithful with least is also faithful with much. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I'm just waiting, God, if you give me more. Here's one of the things I hear all the time as a pastor. Can I let you in some? Can I let you in? All right, here, listen. Well, you know, I will, I will give, I will give, I will give more, but I'm just waiting for me to, to get more. Now, usually... <laughs> When people get more, they tend to do what? Come on. Y'all talk back to me. They spend more. So you get a raise, the first thing you do, you go buy a bigger TV. Am I right about it? Say amen. A bigger car. Right? And then we get into trouble. See, here's what I'm trying to say. If you're not a giver now with where you are, you won't be a giver with much. Let me say it again. If you're not a giver now, then if God gave you more, it ain't going to change. Because you got to be faithful with where you are. He who is faithful with least, God is looking at, look, some folk make 20000 Some folk make 40000 Some folk make 100000 It don't matter what you make. It's what, what God gives you. Are you faithful with that? Because God is looking at your faithfulness and how to handle that. Your stewardship over that will determine whether or not you will get promoted to the next level in God's eyes. Is this too hard for anybody to get this morning? So he who is faithful with least. See, this is why I, I, I say all the time. Okay, for example, we are a, a church on the move. I believe that this is going to be our year of breakthrough where we bring in new souls, new harvest. Things begin to change. Growth begin to help me know that God wants things to grow. God expects fruitfulness. He don't give you stuff. He said, you occupy till I come. He expects. He said, you go into all the world, preach the gospel. In other words, get some people into the kingdom. He expects growth. And here's what I understand. I understand this. See, if I came this morning, I hate it when it snows on Sunday. I hate when I see the ice on Sunday because immediately there's some folk, but they, they, they'll stay home. 
Hey, well, a little slippery. I ain't coming out today. Now, they'll, they'll go to the store, though. They'll go and do a whole lot of other stuff, but soon they hit a little ice on. Oh, sleep. See, here's what I understand. I understand this, that, that, that if we want to grow as a people, we got to be faithful with the people that we have. You see what I'm saying? See, see, I, 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 oftentimes I put a little pressure on our staff. I say, look, we got to grow. Now, why do I put pressure on the staff? Because God putting pressure on me. God said, Pastor Bear, there's some things that you got to tighten up. Y'all not listening to me. So you got to be better. You got to be faithful. Don't wait for the thousand. Be faithful with the 50. <laughs> Run the 50 like you're doing it for a thousand. God, you're still not getting it. He who is faithful with least. See, if one person showed up this morning, just one, I'd have preached the same way that, to the one that I'm preaching to y'all here this morning. I guarantee it. A couple people already know that. Because I understand, I learned it a long time ago. God said, you be faithful because I'm, I'm serving you, but I'm not really serving you. I'm accountable to him. I am accountable to him. So I do my work as unto him. I don't trip off of you because sometimes if I just focus on you, you'll make me mad. I get in the flesh. I'm just being honest. Can I be honest? I can't focus on you because he who is faithful with least is faithful with much. So listen to me. You want more from God? You want more resources? Figure out how are you managing what you got? Because if you're not managing that, more than likely God is not going to be giving you an increase. Well, that's a hard word, isn't it? Some folk get messed up. How many know it's a compound problem? Now I'm talking about what God will give you. God is how many know that he's a, he, he's a wise steward? God don't waste his resources. I will show you that here in the morning, in a moment. He talks about the true riches. See, faithful use of one's earthly wealth is repeatedly tied to the accumulation of treasure in heaven. How many know the true riches are in heaven? See, some of y'all don't realize, oh, God. Some of us don't realize we get so fixated here, you don't understand that that, that, that we are living here, we are really preparing for eternity. See, some folk live their life like this is the last stop, like earth is it. See, how many know that, that, that the one day, we, look, some people got an idea in heaven, listen to me, they think that we're just going to float up in heaven and we're just going to walk around all day and walk on the streets of gold, just singing. How many know that in the kingdom of God, there's a kingdom? There's structure. There's going to be rulerships. There's going to be awards in heaven. It's not going to be any, oh, I'm just going to walk around. No, no. You're going to be rewarded for what you do with your resources and your time here will determine how you will serve God for eternity. How many know that 70, 75 years do not compare to eternity? See, this is why, see, see are you still listening to me say amen? I looked at my, I looked at my statement. I looked at my statement, my, my giving statement last year, my contribution statement, and, and, and I gave more. See, my, and, and, and I was able to get, now there would have been a time I would have looked at that number and said, oh my God, I could have did a whole lot of other stuff with that. But now I'm up against the clock. Amen. I look at it and I say, oh good God, I gave that much to God, I need to keep on going. Because here's what I know. How many of you know that God is not unrighteous to forget your faithful love to him. 
and you're going to be rewarded with the true riches based on how you serve God here and now. So if your life is surrounded by, 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 by just what you want and you're stingy and you're a person that just kind of focus on it here, that's your reward. I could have had a better car a long time ago. My van is, you know, I talk about my van. It's struggling. I mean, his brother was laughing at me the other day. He said, man, uh, the Bailey's van go by my house like 20 times a day. We run that thing in that growl. But, you know, I'm cool with it. You know why? Because I'm storing up treasure in heaven. Because I know one day I'm going to leave this earth. You and I are going to leave. And then the question would be, I don't know about you, but I want to rule over some things in the kingdom of God. I don't mean in a, in a, in a, in a self-serving way. I want him to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. How many of you want to hear that from God? How many know we're going to give an account? Look at, go back to Matthew chapter 25. This is, this is our closing passage here. Matthew chapter 25. <laughs> wow, look at this passage. This is amazing. So here's a man. Jesus, again, is given a parable to illustrate how things work in the kingdom of God. <laughs> See, in the kingdom, this is how things work. Whenever you see Jesus talk about things, whenever you read the Bible, particularly in the gospel, and you see Jesus say things like, the kingdom of God is like, you need to really, you need to really hone, hone in on that. Because what he's telling you is what you can expect in the new realm, in the new kingdom. Now watch this. So he gives them talents. Now let me, let me, let me, let me, let me kind of break this down a little bit, because most people think that this word talents means your physical abilities. I'm not going to say it doesn't mean that, but if you look that word up in the Greek, talent means a coin. It's, it's talaton, T-A-L, I'm sorry, T-A-L-A-T-O-N, talaton. The word talent means a coin. It is money. One talent equals 6,000 denarii which equals to a day's wages, all right? So when Jesus was given, when he's given his parable, this master, he gives talent. In other words, he gives them a certain amount of money. And when he gives them the money, you notice that he don't give all of them the same amount. It says here in verse 15, and to the one he gave five talents, to another two, I'm in Matthew chapter 25, Verse 15, and to another one, to each according to his own what? Ability. See, God gives you based on your capacity to handle. That's important to God because God is not in the business of wasting anything. Right? According to their ability, according to their capacity, God gives some certain amounts of money. He gives others a certain amount of money. And then he goes off on a journey. So you see here that two of the stewards, these were stewards, servants, they got one got the five talents, he gained five more. The one got two talents, and he gained two more. And the word that his Lord said to him was, well done good and faithful servant. In other words, they got their money, 
They got their resources. They got their talents. And they did what was expected of them. How many know that God has an expectation for what you do with his stuff? Understand that. Get that in your heart. Don't you listen to me. You should get into a habit of measuring every penny. Some of you say, Pastor, that's just legal. I'm just telling you. Because you know, it's amazing. You know when I got this revelation? I got this revelation when I realized how much money I was spending on Starbucks. And I almost threw up. I mean, so I, I, I rarely go to Starbucks anymore. Because <laughs> you start calculating, you start calculating before you know it. That's a whole lot of money. So these two, they did the right thing. They got their Lord's money. They got the talents, and they increased. And, and the master was like, well done, good job. He says in verse, look at verse number 21. His Lord said to, to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Here we go. Now, I will make you ruler over what? You see how God works? Be faithful with the few. He'll make you ruler over many. I can stay right there, but I got to keep going. So he came to the one in verse 22. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, too, in verse 23, well done, good, faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I've been ruler. Now I will make you ruler over many. Is anybody feeling this? I'm getting excited right now. See, 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 in, 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 in Luke chapter, you don't turn there. Just write this verse down. This is a wonderful verse. Because in Luke chapter 19, verse 17, it says this. Well done, my good servant. His master replied, because you have been trustworthy in very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. Everybody say cities. You don't know what God has prepared for you in the next life. Some of you don't let yourself get ripped off. Don't put all your eggs in this basket, please. Whatever you do, make sure that you're doing what God wants you to do with your resources because there's going to come a point in time that it's going to come back to you. It's going to come back to you. So the two, they did what they were supposed to do, whatever that was. They gained more, they gained fruit, they multiplied, and the Lord, and this, this master saw it, said, well, job well done. But then there was one person who had a different perspective. Verse 24, then he who had received the one talent came and said, here's what he said, look, watch this. Lord, I knew you'd be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. Mm. I mean, how many people are See, afraid, when you're afraid, it shows no faith. Let me say that again. Fear and faith can't occupy the two places. So when it comes to God, you got to have it. Listen to me. Fear and faith, they can't, both of them can't occupy the same. One got to go. He said, I was afraid. Listen to his own word. I was afraid. Fearful. A lot of people are not doing what they're supposed to do with their resources because they're afraid. They lack faith. So I was afraid. Look, what did he do? What did he do with this stuff? He said, look, he says, he said, I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. In other words, 
I did nothing of any significant value at all. I hid it. I did nothing with it. And look at, look at this. And he thought the Lord was going to say to him, okay. The Lord, look what the, look what the master says in verse 26. But his Lord answered and said to him, y'all ready for this? You wicked and lazy servant. Now, those are some strong words. Whose mouth did that come out of? Jesus was saying that he's a parable. He said, you wicked and you lazy servant. Well, I have not. So he says, he said, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers at my coming. I would have received back my own with interest. How many know when I say God expects fruitfulness? How many know that God expects fruitfulness with what, 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 what he gives us? We should be bearing fruit. Whether your money, your resources, somehow should be used to bear everlasting fruit. You should be fruitful in what you have. He was not. He said, maybe he was, maybe he was just, you know, when he should have been doing some other things. Maybe he was busy golfing. Maybe he was too busy clubbing. Christians don't club too much, I don't think. Am I right about it? Uh, Maybe just playing video games just a little bit too much. Maybe a little bit too much of a social media, just a little bit too much. It, and it contributes to the inability to be able to do what God wants you to do with what he has. Here's the point, folks. Here's the point. The whole point that this parable was written was to show that we are going to have to give an account for how we use the stuff that the master gives us. Verse number 19, look at verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. How many know it's coming a day that we're going to settle accounts? What do you think is going to happen? I want you to picture yourself there for a moment. What will happen to you when you die and you leave this earth? And how many know that you're going to have to give an account to God and Jesus is going to say to you, what did you do with the resources I gave you? What did you do with him? Were you rich toward the things of God? Or were you like the man, or like the man over in, uh, in Luke chapter 12 who had this barn and he built this barn. He had so much stuff and took all this crops and he just, just stored it up for himself. And he said, I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. And God came and judged him because he did not realize that those things did not have any eternal value because he was storing them, he was storing them up all for himself. We're going to have to give an account for how we steward over God's stuff. Now, in closing, I want you to remember this. Because today was the latest foundation that you are a steward over God's stuff. Now, maybe you have been raised, you have been taught differently. But how do you know when you come into the kingdom, that mindset got to change? That mindset got to change. You got to think now. Some of, you, some of you, you've been doing well in your life, and you've achieved a lot. And that's good. Praise God. But just remember, it still belongs to him. And then we're going to have to settle accounts. I don't know about you. I want to hear him say this. Well done, good and faithful servant. So I want you to think about your money, and I want you to ask yourself a question with the resources God has given you. Have you used them for God's glory? Have you used them for God's glory? Whatever it is you have, not just your money, 
but your property, all the things that you have, have you used it for God's glory? Because it's his stuff, and we're going to have to give an account to him for it. 